fade in. Exterior space, day or night, who knows? We are treated to what is quite definitely the cheapest use of Superman film credits in all four films. Yes, including the Rube Goldberg sequence of events from Superman 3. What was once an exciting, engaging voyage through the stars with soaring blue letters set to the music of John Williams has been replaced with a static shot of Earth with cartoonish typography whizzing by all poorly timed to Alexander's Courage's Airbones, Airbones orchestration, if you can even call it that. Who could have foreseen this when Chris Reeve pitched his idea for a fourth film? Certainly not we, the viewers, but we must judge fourth. Cut to exterior, Smallville, the Kent Farm, day. The old wooden farmhouse is now weathered and shuttered, a for sale sign near the road. We see Clark Kent at the end of the long driveway. Why he decided to land one-fourth of a mile from the house, we don't know. But with his hands in his pockets, he makes the hike up to the gravel road, much like when he landed on Earth all those years ago. He is once again an orphan. He surveys the property and makes his way to interior, the barn. In the middle of the dilapidated barn, Clark opens two doors leading to the spacecraft that carried young Kal-El from Krypton to Kansas. The glowing metallic carcass of the vessel begins to hum and glow. We hear the voice of Kal-El's father, Dor-El. Ordinarily, we would hear the voice of his mother, Lara, but he, but we have spared no expense for Robin Burge. Listen carefully, my son. By now, Kal-El, you are entering the atmosphere of the planet known as Earth. Clark is overwhelmed by Jor-El's voice, but is ultimately perplexed by why he sounds like Steve Glosson doing a Marlon Brando impression. I pray you've made a safe journey. The yellow sun of your new home will give you great physical powers, but it cannot console your spirit. Placed aboard this vessel is an energy module, all that remains of a once powerful civilization, Krypton, your mother planet. It is my last gift to you. Once removed, the ship will grow cold and silent, and you will finally be alone. The power in the module can be used but once. Use it wisely, my son. The message whirs slowly down and is finally drowned in static. For a moment, the vessel glows and then fades out. Clark reaches under the dashboard and carefully retrieves the glowing green crystal. He hears a car approaching and using his x-ray vision, looks through the wood panels to see a vehicle is heading quickly towards the farm. Clark quickly uses some kind of power on the remains of the ship. It's less and <gasps> more staring contest. It's like he shamed the thing into disappearing. Clark stashes the glowing, humming, not, all, not at all inconspicuous Kryptonian crystal in his members only vest from the page 73 of the 1986 Sears catalog and dons his glasses before heading outside. Exterior. Kent Farm. Levin Hornsby, a gray-haired realtor, realtor, is walking the property. Clark, you out here? Clark Kent? Uh, h- hello, Mr. Hornsby. It's been a long time. I've just been tidying up for when you show the place. Didn't I mention that there was an offer to buy sight unseen? I'm sorry, Mr. Hornsby, but I don't want to sell the farm to a big developer. Anybody who wants it, who buys it, has to want a real farm. I don't think we need another shopping center. Now, darn it, Clark Kent, why are you so stubborn? Today, nobody wants a farm. Blink your eye and they'll all be gone. That's progress. Hornsby approaches a pile of rubble near the barn and notices a baby's crib off to the side. 
His wooden footboard has been cracked perfectly in two. What a joker old Jonathan Kent was. I asked your dad what happened to the baby's crib. He said, oh, little Clark must have had a bad dream and kicked it. Yes, sir. Dad liked a good joke. Hornsby indulges himself with a laugh. Clark chuckles politely but changes the subject, grabbing an old (laughs) mitt, a ball, and a bat. I was wondering, Mr. Hornsby, if maybe you'd like to keep these for your grandchildren. Why, thank you very much, Clark. Hey, batter up. He tosses Clark the bat, then jogs several yards away. He makes a dramatic wind-up, Clark size, and then assumes a batter's position. Hornsby throws. For a minute, Clark looks like he'd love to take the mighty cut. Instead, he misses completely. <laughs> oh, yeah. You never could hit a curveball. Uh, Mr. Hornsby, that's my final decision, though. About the place, I'm going to hold out for a real farmer. You are? And you were just as obstinate as your father. I'm sorry about that, sir, but that's just the way it is. You be careful when you get back to Metropolis, Clark. It's a long, long way from where you were born. Yes, sir. I never forget that, sir. Hornsby guns his car and disappears down the road in a cloud of dust. Clark smirks and picks up the ball and bat. He throws up the weather ball, takes an easy swing, crack. The ball sails up, up and away, endlessly into the clouds, past the heavens, into space. Space Force has intercepted it and has considered it an attack on the American public. Did I write that? <laughs> Cut to... <laughs> Jesus, that's terrible. Why did yeah. I write that? <laughs> Cut to exterior quarry day. Remember when the depictions of prisoners were of them in quarries and license plate assembly lines and laundry? Well, anyway, we see two federal marshals, a group of sweaty criminals, and the last man on the chain, Lex Luthor. The only man whose work clothes are still clean, still pressed, still fashionably extended with the tie. He merely leans on his shovel, whistling. What is that god-awful noise you're making? Mozart, my low-foreheaded friend. Even this wretched pit can't diminish the spirit of true genius. While you've been bending your back in this foul slime, I've been inspired. Life itself began in a murky pool, much like this, and a true genius such as myself learns to seize the moment. You're the first to know now that I have a plan to recreate life itself. Luther expects awe. Instead, all he gets is a vacant stare as the inmate squishes a huge mosquito, wiping the remains on himself. Luther, start breaking a sweat or we'll throw you to the wolves. Hey, Luther, let's get them duds dirty. Let's see the the little sweat. Surrounded by Neanderthals. The sound of a roaring engine makes the marshals jump to their feet. A Cadillac convertible makes its way around the bend, screeching to a halt near the work crew. Music blares from the once state-of-the-art stereo system, perched in the driver's seat, and is is the worst-dressed kid in history. Go ahead. Picture the worst-dressed kids you can think of. Nope, not, not, not enough. This is Lenny Luther a vile amalgamation of every clothing pattern and 80s teenager cliche known to man. Yo, Pops, where the hell is this, and how the hell do I get to Fort Lauderdale? You on the wrong side of the state, boy. Oh, no. You got a fine, fine, super fine sound system here, boy. Point of order, my copy now has a better sound system than this car. (laughs) I guess you dudes have never seen one of these since around 100. Yeah, I've seen one once in a magazine. Well, heck, come on, get in. What? What, really? You wanted to hear it, come on. 
Lenny exits the vehicle, which only makes him more offensive to the eyes. All senses, really. I feel like I can taste his hair. <laughs> Hop in, Bubba. Let's give it a listen. The marshals exchange childlike grins and slip inside, turning the radio up as loud as it will go. Lenny slides away from the car, slipping his Walkman from around his neck and turning it over to reveal it's a remote control. He quickly begins remotely controlling. The top quickly closes down and locks. Startled, the two marshals are frozen by confusion. The car door locks, clicks shut. The engine starts, windows up, all in a flash. What's going on? Locks. The doors lock shut. Windows. The windows roll shut. Top. The top. You know what? You get where this is going. <laughs> Lenny steers the vehicle into a sharp drop into the quarry floor as it falls and explodes. Y'all come back to see us now. Did I do okay or what, Uncle Lex? Lenny, I've always thought of you as the Dutch elm disease of my family tree, but this time, nephew, you did fine. Lenny starts cutting the chains from Lex, still bound to the other. The uh, still bound one to the other. The other convicts look on with envy. The one inmate calls out Lex. How about giving us a break too, Mr. Mozart? Uh, just because I use my genius in criminal ways doesn't mean I'm not a firm believer in law and order. You men belong in prison. Are we going to skip the country, Uncle Lex? Lenny, you pathetic product of the public school system. Your Uncle Lex has had only one thing on his awesome mind during his incarceration. Dis Destroying, Destroying Superman. Superman. <laughs> Cut to interior, subway station, morning. Clark, patiently filing, slowly follows a long line of commuters through the turnstiles. A train has appeared. Lois Lane steps on board just as Clark arrives on the platform. She calls after him. Look, there's not much dialogue in this scene, and I've already been doing most of the heavy lifting, so basically the subway pilot, pilot, captain, driver, driver, the subway driver <laughs> suffers the most comical heart attack of all time, and the cars speed out of control. Clark turns into Superman and saves the day. It's, you know, it's Monday in Metropolis. What do you expect? Okay, we do get this one bit of classic dialogue. I want the people to know that our subway system is the safest and most reliable means of public transit. Thank you. Interior. Daily Planet. Day. The elevator doors open and Clark rushes off. It's odd, but the hallway is surprisingly empty. You're late, Kent. Right, sir. Uh, I promise it won't happen again. Ha! But where is everybody? Remember, kids, this is a newspaper in the 1980s. You've seen the movies, right? There's people everywhere running back and forth on screen. Pretty much the population of Rhode Island works there. The paper senior staff is crammed into one end of the conference room. At the end of the, uh, at the other end of the table sits David Warfield and his daughter, Lacey, both flipping through pages of the Daily Planet. Clark slinks in next to Lois and Jimmy Olsen. Boring, tedious, abominable. Enough. Well, what's everybody doing here? Regardez. Voila, Monsieur David Warfield. That tycoon owns all the sleazy tabloids? Au contraire. Mon ami, he owns all those sleazy tabloids and the Daily Planet. Warfield and Perry White are squared off like two frontier gamblers. Don't tell me. You only read the pictures. In fact, Mr. White, I only read the ledger. A ledger which the previous owners paid so little attention to that I was able to buy the paper out from under them. The Daily Planet hasn't made money in three years. Lacey smiles. She speaks with the clenched teeth, upper crust haughtiness, and the worst eyeglasses of all cinema. 
And the name of the game is making money. Ladies and gentlemen, my daughter, Lacey Warfield. Nice to make your acquaintance. Lacey is, as the kids say, thirsty for Clark. She made her money the old-fashioned way. She inherited it. Lacey will be helping you, Mr. White. Helping me? (laughs) Here it comes. Get ready to tie down the chief. (laughs) Once upon a time, the Daily Planet was a nice paper. Now it's fatigued. I've brought with me mock copies of our new layout. She holds up a tabloid-sized paper with a giant headline screaming, Summit kaput! Is the world at brink? Underneath is a picture of a model in a bikini with her hands folded in prayer. The kind of journalism you expect from Fox News. Sir, the world isn't really at the brink. Isn't that headline a bit irresponsible? Maybe. But it's a hell of a uh, circulation booster. Mr. White, don't do anything rash. Rash? There's the rash that infects the world of journalism. If you think I'm going to let you turn this grand old lady into one of your bimbos, well, I... I... Before your dramatic stage exit, Mr. White, may I point out that Daddy holds the... That's just weird. That Daddy holds the contracts, which you will have to honor. Excusez-moi, your spoiledness. Jimmy, why is Lois speaking French? She's getting to that part. I've got a plane to catch. I'm covering the emergency European Minister's Conference in Paris. Not so fast. All trips are canceled. We pay for wire services, and what we don't get from them, we'll invent. No Paris? I don't think we're being treated fairly, Lois. And I'm going to tell Miss Warfield. Clark, wait. Miss Warfield, I think I speak for all of us when I say we'll do our best to cooperate. But a reporter's first allegiance is to the truth. The people in this city depend on us, and we can't let them down. Thank you. Is he for real? 100%, and I like him that way. You have a thing for him? Clark? I think he's kind of cute. Forget it, princess. Clark is the world's oldest Boy Scout. Trustworthy, <laughs> trustworthy, loyal, obedient, helpful. And I don't remember the rest, but he's them too. And I promise he's not interested in anyone like you. But all men like me, Lois. I'm very rich. And very naive. Lois, get in here. Lois follows Lacey, joining Clark, Jimmy, Perry, and Warfield in Perry's office. Why are there no air travel expenses for you, Mr. Kent? Well, gee, Mr. Warfield, I get awfully airsick, especially when it's bumpy. The president's coming on live. It won't be very good news. You always overreact, Clark. How terrible can it be? Hopefully very terrible. Miss Lane, (laughs) we double our circulation with good international crisis. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) Cut to interior, the Oval Office, day. The President of the United States is speaking. And because the summit has failed, we have no choice but to strive to be second to none in the nuclear arms race. Therefore, I am announcing the following measures. Cut to interior, JFK High School, day. A classroom of students is watching the President's address. Their teacher shuts the television off. I know you're all upset by the crisis. The best thing we can do is try to think positively. Is there anything we can do? All right, I'll make this a suggestion. Why don't we write to our congressmen or women? Somebody has to be an optimist. The teacher spots a student, Jeremy, not paying attention. Jeremy, (laughs) 
do you think we could do about the crisis? He doesn't even know what's going on. There's general laughter at Jeremy's expense. Rightfully so. The teacher sighs. She didn't, she didn't expect very much. Jeremy, the dreamer, blushes. Now he's thinking. I'll tell you who I'd write a letter to that would do some good. <laughs> who, Santa Claus? No, Superman. <laughs> Abruptly cut to interior Metropolis Museum Day. A tour guide is leading a group towards a larger-than-life statue of... Superman. The subject of our exhibit has donated a strand of his hair to the museum so we can have fun seeing how strong he really is. Here, you see a hundred pound weight easily suspended by a single strand of his hair. Now, the museum will be closing soon, so we should hurry a little. As the group moves on, undoubtedly to the gift shop, two members stay behind dressed in the least inconspicuous clothes ever. It is the uncle-nephew Luther combo who make their way back to the glass case surrounding Superman's hair. Lenny, do you realize what I could do with a single strand of Superman's hair? Uh, a toupee that flies? I look at you, Lenny, and I know what the Romans felt when the barbarians arrived at their city gate. But why the hair? That hair contains a sample of Superman's genetic material, the building blocks of his body. With my genius and enough nuclear power to mutate those genes, I will create a being who's more powerful than him, with total allegiance to me. Lex smashes the glass tank and uses a pair of pliers to cut the weight from Superman's hair, which really should completely defeat the purpose of every bit of dialogue we just heard, but nonetheless, it was 1987 and Lex Luthor just cut Superman's hair with a pair of pliers. Let's see what's going on elsewhere, shall we? Interior, Daily Planet, Lacey's Office, Day. Miss Warfield, you wanted to see me? Hi, Clark. Please come in. I've come up with a brilliant idea. Oh, really? Well, Daddy thinks it's brilliant. Note, she is talking about her father here, not Clark. I want you to write a new series called Metropolis After Hours. Who, me? It's wonderful, isn't it? I don't think I'd be right for this. Oh, I think you'd be perfect for it. I mean, you're young, you're single, you're successful. And I'm usually in bed by 10.30. That's just it. You don't have to flaunt it. You're you're no slave to fashion. Although, have you ever tried contacts? They make my eyes itch. Well, don't worry. I won't make you do it alone. I know all the right places. I'm a member at all the right clubs. We'll start tonight at the grand opening of the Metro Club. It's a date. A date? Lois enters, but I'm guessing you caught that from the fact that she just said something. It's just... Business, actually, Lois. Right. Well, I've got a letter here for Superman. Care of me. I don't understand. Superman gets mail here? Oh, probably just a picture request. I could look after it for you, Lois. Clark, I think it's more than just a fan letter. You should read it. Clark unfolds the paper, reads quietly at first, then out loud. <laughs> Dear Superman, Forgive me for writing to you, but my teacher is speaking about the president's speech on the arms race. Arms race. We're all very unhappy about it. And I said we should get Superman to rid the world of nuclear arms because only he could do it. I don't care if everyone thinks I'm a space cadet. Once you've destroyed all the nuclear missiles in the world, they'll see I was right. Superman can make sure we don't blow ourselves up quick and easy. Thanks a lot. I know you'll come through. Your friend... Jeremy. 
Clark is shaken to his core. Lewis gets up to leave. Poor kid. Oh, well, I better get back to work. Wait, I think there's an angle in this. An angle? He's just a kid. Oh, Daddy loves whipping up campaigns, and the public loves it. We'll make this kid a celebrity. The whole world will be waiting Superman's answer. Cut to interior Metropolis Hotel lobby. Day. A crowd of reporters has gathered. The door opens and Jeremy descends the stairs. No parents, no guardians, just this lone kid. Waiting for him is Warfield. A bank of microphones has been set by a podium. Warfield ushers the scared boy up to the crowd. Welcome to Metropolis, Jeremy. I'm Mr. Warfield, and this is my daughter, Lacey Warfield. Now, come meet the press. Did you have a good trip? The car had a flat. I'm sorry to hear that. Now turn around, let everybody get a good picture of you. What a boy. Now tell the American public what you told me. I just said I wish Superman would have said yes. Did you get that? They, they, they didn't hear you. Say it again loudly. I just said I wish Superman would have said yes. The spinning copy of the Daily Planet front page comes into view with the headline, Superman says drop dead to kid. It sounds hilarious. It sounds as hilarious as it looks. Interior, Daily Planet, day. Jimmy Olsen rushes into the newsroom to find Clark and Lois. Miss Lane! Miss Lane! Take a look at this. Hot off the press. Oh, my God. This time he's gone too far. Look, Clark. Look at that. Can't wait to see the Chief's reaction. Jimmy, Lois, and Clark are staring at the latest edition. Clark is heartbroken. Perry charges through, carrying the papers under his arm. I'm through taking it lying down. Anybody wants me, I'll be downtown. It looks like my father used to look when he went to the bank to ask for a loan. I'm, uh, I'm just going to go make sure he's all right. Lois notices Clark staring intently at the headline. She crosses to him. Clark, there's nothing we can do about it. It's Superman's decision now. I'm sure he'll do the right thing. Clark takes the paper and, eyes the f- and with eyes fixed on the headline, walks out of the newsroom. Cut to interior Fortress of Solitude, night. Superman stands in the center of the Great Cavern. The green crystals containing the history of Krypton give off emerald lights that dance about the Ice Palace. I know I've been forbidden to interfere. <laughs> Wait, why would why would Clark take off his glasses? <laughs> it's fine. Carry on. I hold on a second. <clears throat> Okay. I know I've been forbidden to interfere, but yet the earth is threatened by the same fit, fate, fit, fate <laughs> as Krypton's. The voices of the elders that once argued with Jor-El now assault his son. The earth is too primitive. You can flee the new worlds while the war is long forgotten. I don't know why I did a 1940s news guy there. <clears throat> the earth is too primitive. You can flee the new worlds where the war is long forgotten. We're the war. We're war. Sorry. I don't have an echo button anymore. The Earth is too primitive. You can flee to new worlds where war is long forgotten. If you teach the Earth to put its fate in any one man, even yourself, you are teaching them to be betrayed. 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 Cut to Clark's apartment. Day. Clark is watching the news unfold. 
And because the summit has failed, we have no choice but to strive to be second to none in the nuclear arms race. To that, and this... Oh, hold on. Let me take that from the top. <laughs> and that's the way it was. <laughs> and because the summit has failed, we have no choice but to strive to be second to none in the nuclear arms race. To that end, this administration has pursued and will continue to pursue the most vigorous policy. Clark shuts off the television. Suddenly, a knock at the door. Uh, just a minute, Lois. There you are. What happened? <clears throat> what do you mean, what happened? Well, nothing. Just meet me in the lobby at 6 for the awards dinner. Wear something nice and don't be late. Were you talking to some other Lois? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I completely forgot. Okay, go get your penguin suit on and we'll go. I'd rather not, if you don't mind. I've got a lot of thinking to do. But you go ahead, okay? Clark, something's wrong, isn't it? Is there anything I can do? Yes, you can, as a matter of fact. Could we get some fresh air? Why did you say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> of all the possible line readings you could give, why did you go with that? <laughs> 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 Sorry, Kim. Fresh air? Fresh air, sure. Who needs chickens with all the fixings anyways? The pair walk outside onto Clark's balcony. Air, breathe. Do you feel better? Clark doesn't stop walking and takes Lois with him over the edge of the building. Clark, things aren't that bad. Stop. <laughs> as the intrepid reporters plummet to the ground below, Clark sails off and returns dressed as Superman, catching Lois in his arms and revealing his secret identity to her once again. Superman, look, there's a lot going on here. Nope. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Hold on. Look. Look, there's a lot going on here. Look. I thought you were. What's that, Lois? Look, there's a lot going on here. There's a terrible blue screen. There's the fact that they fly from New York, sorry, Metropolis, to San Francisco and back in 30 seconds. Lois's hair never messes up. And due to budgetary constraints, we see the same shot of them flying multiple times, but not as many as that one shot of Superman flying towards the camera over and over and over again. It sucks because can you read my hand? It sucks because the can you read my hand flight scene in Superman the movie is such a memorable cinematic mind. that this almost feels like a parody of it. Oh, and remember the part where he drops her? I'm not kidding. Fast forward to that part. We'll wait. He lets her go and says bye-bye. But I digress. Superman and Lois return to the balcony. How'd you like going solo? I loved it. He dropped you, Lois. <laughs> but <laughs> not as much as being with you. I needed to be with you, too. You make me laugh. Aww. You're the only one I can talk to, Lois. See, sometimes I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm always here for you. You know that. And you'll do the right thing no matter what. You always have. Thank you. You know something? What? You don't even know my my name. Hello. <laughs> Look, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> <laughs> you remember, don't you? I remember everything. Never set one 
of them above the rest. Love all humanity instead. It's not fair. Superman leans in and kisses Lois gently, yet thoroughly enough to mind wipe her yet again. As she completely, she's completely forgotten the last five minutes and nearly being a puddle, and nearly being a puddle of. Sorry, I'm going to start that. Look, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. Leans in and kisses Lois gently, yet thoroughly enough to mind wipe her yet again as she has completely forgotten the last five minutes and nearly and nearly being a puddle on being a puddle on the Golden Gate Bridge. Superman dashes off to change, returning as Clark in a tuxedo. Lois? Lois, it's time to go. We'll be late. Huh? What am I doing out here, freezing my butt off? Oh, you wanted some fresh air. Oh, no, uh, that's okay. I don't want to catch cold. I feel kind of weird, like I'm jet-lagged or something. Jeepers! <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Are you still down? <laughs> nope. Things are pretty clear. Good. Too much thinking wears down your batteries, Clark. You've got to go with your guts. Cut to exterior. United Nations building day. Jimmy Olsen, for some reason, is buying Jeremy a hot dog. Where are these kids' parents? This kid's parents. Hey, hot dog. Mr. Warfield wants me to get... Hold on. I don't want to read that in the news customer list. <laughs> <laughs> What a scoop! What a what a scoop! <clears throat> Mr. Warfield wants me to get you shots with lots of local color, but I can't think of anything too special. Suddenly, cheaply, Superman jumps into view of Jimmy's camera and shot with and shot with Jeremy. He doesn't even fly in; he just kind of jumps into the shot. Go back and watch. I'm serious. Hi, Jeremy. Superman. What a scoop! How'd you like to take a walk with me? Sure. Jimmy, come on. I don't Superman think that's how he says it. <laughs> come on, kid. That was there's a, a lot going on here. That was a choice. Look, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> <laughs> I just stole that kid. Building. Jimmy photographs them. A crowd of people follow in tow like a bad 80s music video. Jeremy, will you wait for me upstairs in the gallery? Sure. Okay. Good luck, Superman. Thanks. Superman steps past the patrolman and enters the UN General Assembly, walking slowly, humbly down the sloped steps. The hall falls silent. Country by country, delegates rise from their seats for the Man of Steel. Mr. Secretary, is that a jar of pee? I, I don't res represent any country. <laughs> but I'd like to address the delegates. Well, in that case... You will need a sponsor. Superman turns to the delegates. A beat, then all of their hands go up. I believe that will do. Please. Superman walks to the stairs of the podium. What's he going to say? Something wonderful. He waits for the delegates to settle into their seats. Before him is every race and every nation on Earth. He steps forward and speaks. Madam Secretary. Honorable delegates, Mister, ladies sorry. and gentlemen, <laughs> Mister. <laughs> Derek, yeah. For many years now, I've lived among you as a visitor. I've seen the beauty of your many cultures, and I felt great joy in your magnificent accomplishments. 
I've also seen the folly of your wars. As of today, I'm not a visitor anymore, because the Earth is my home, too. We cannot live in fear. I can't stand idly by and watch us stumble into the madness of possible nuclear destruction. So, I've come to a decision. I'm going to do what our governments have been unable to do. Effective immediately, I'm going to rid our planet of all nuclear weapons. The delegates leap to their feet in wild cheering. The civilians applaud in many many in tears. Lois puts her fingers to her mouth to whistle. Jimmy and Lincoln hug. Cut to space. Superman guides space. a missile. Space. space! Superman guides a missile into a vast net constructed of steel hawsers, which is floating in space and filled to capacity with the world's nuclear missiles. He dumps the missile with the others and closes the net. With a great effort... Superman whirls the huge net around and around and unleashes it. The net grows smaller and smaller on its path to the sun. We lose sight of it for a beat. Then, in one vibrant orange explosion, tells us it's been... Then, one vibrant orange explosion tells us it's been destroyed. Superman hovers for a moment and then turns for home. Cut to Metropolis Tower, Lex's lair, day. Three men stand around a table, eyeing each other with suspicion and fear. As the doors... As the door opens, revealing Lex and Lenny, the men all pull revolvers on the on the pair. Nice to see you too, gentlemen. If we can just relax, I'll get started with the introductions. The three reluctantly put away their guns and take seats. Now Lex puts on the charm. The men eye Lex warily as he strolls around the table and rests his hand on a fidgety, portly intellectual. From the land of the free and the home of the cost overrun, let's welcome Harry Howler, nuclear strategist for America's top think tank, and a great warmonger in his, all right, in his own right. And next, a hearty bienvenue to Jean-Pierre Dubois, nuclear warhead dealer to the world. His motto, if you didn't buy it from Jean-Pierre, you didn't buy it on the black market. <laughs> the black market. Our third guest has a bad rap for always trying to drag his country into war. Some people like to call General Romoff the mad Russian, but to me, he's just eccentric. Look, a lot's going on here. Look, I know you're all a little choked up right now. Overcome by the joy of knowing that Superman is ending the arms race. But if we work together, we can make the world safe for war profits. Get to the point. The point is that I, Lex Luthor, the greatest criminal mind of the modern era, has discovered a way to destroy Superman. Behold, my unscrupulous friends, the sun. The sun. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what the sun is? It's nothing more than a huge nuclear bomb. A bomb with so much radiation, it'd incinerate the average man like that. But Superman isn't an average man. And what am I, a Shriner? No, if you'll join forces with me together, we can make the world safe for war profits again. I feel like I just said that, but I want to reiterate <laughs> it. Because apparently I didn't fix that in the script. But yes, war profits. What is your plan? Yes, God. <laughs> Boys, <laughs> old Lex has a secret recipe in this dish. Call it uh, genetic stew. You help me place it on one of your missiles, and I promise you, if Superman throws it into the sun, he'll run out of breath. He'll get the biggest surprise of his life. I'll be able to introduce Superman to his first nightmare. A nuclear man. He'll pierce his skin. He'll make him mortal. He'll become sick. We'll dance on his grave. Why should we make a deal with a notorious scoundrel like you? 
Is he Italian or French? I kind of lost it in the middle. I gotta say. My mother was from France. Do a boy. Oh, what's well, about you? Just remember, Mr. Boy, my motto, the more fear you make, the more loot you take. God, that sounds like... Mm, never mind. And... When the looting starts. Yeah, that got real, real quick. I didn't even get to that. Jesus Christ. And the more missiles you guys sell. Then what do we get out of it? A tiny commission. Something appropriate. A number with a lot of zeros behind it. Cut to Lex's laboratory day. Lenny is goofing off as Lex gets down to, to business. Lenny! <laughs> Hand me the new genetic, genetic material. I missed the line. Dang it. <laughs> Edna. Edna. Lenny takes a <laughs> pair of salad tongs and picks up the gelatinous pile of skin. I really don't know, but on repeat viewing, it's gross. <laughs> Your Uncle Lex, with this protoplasm I've grown from Superman's hair cells. Protoplasm. That's what it is. Protoplasm, sure. <laughs> we'll be able to duplicate creation itself. Now, hand me the fabric. Lenny hands two small pieces of gold and black spandex to Lex. Uh, Uncle Lex, this ain't gonna cover him. The computer inside will leave enough material to maintain the high moral sta standards that I've always subscribed to. You know what this means, Uncle Lex? What? We're gonna be parents! Shut up, Leonard. Cut to exterior, Fort Mason Day. Lex has disguised himself as a general to gain access to a missile launch, placing the lockbox on a on the exterior of a rocket. As it launches, Superman intercepts the deadly load and hurls it into the sun. As Superman leaves, a solar flare flies away from the star, containing within it Luther's experiment. Nuclear man. We examine it as it examines itself. We examine it as it examines itself. Its rippling sinews glow with the heat of atomic fusion. On his chiseled face is a demonic scowl. The, the creature is magnificent, illuminous. He circles wildly as if angered by something or someone. Then he shoots for Earth, while a roar that he breathes out in waves of fire. Meow. Cut to interior <laughs> Central Sport Club day. We see the mirrored reflection of rows and rows of young oh men God. and women doing bouncy calisthenics and a, to a disco trash beat. Moving down the rows, we spot Lacey. Next to her, we pick up Clark Kent in a baggy sweatsuit that both obscures his physique and, with his glasses, makes him look more appropriate for remedial education. <laughs> his perpetually one He's perpetually one beat behind. Suddenly, the whole class turns to the right. Clark turns left, then Clark turns right, and they turn left. Uh, maybe I should sit this one out. Oh, don't give up. This is a perfect subject for your series on Young Metropolis. Now, let's get those knees up. Clark gives up. Interior, Nautilus room, later. Lacey and Clark and <laughs> Lacey and Clark and lots of live bodies on, on the wait machine. Live? Live? <laughs> it was 4 a.m. <laughs> on the wait machines. Lacey sits down at an overhead pull bar and counts off a quick 10. Now you try, Clark. We'll we'll start you off easy with 60 pounds. If you say so. Here it goes. He starts to pull at the bar, straining as he gets it halfway down. Then he loses his grip. Whoa. It acts like a catapult, sending Clark off his chair and onto the floor. Uh -oh. Hey, need some help? <laughs> Standing over Clark is Paul, a blue-dried denizen of the club, tall, well-pumped, and proud as a peacock. Paul gives Clark a hand up. 
<laughs> I guess your friend doesn't know his own strength. He pulls Clark up. Hey, I got just the thing for you over here, Clarky. Hey, it's real nice of you to help me out. Here, try this one. He hands it to Clark, who immediately follows the bar to the floor. The whole room laughs at Clark. No pain, no gain. Paul, clearly a dick, walks away to his to continue his workout while Lacey helps helps Clark up. He's a jerk. I, I never noticed it before. Seems like a lot of people I know are jerks. Maybe you think the same thing about me. Maybe that's why you keep avoiding me. Mm-hmm. I won't be ignored, Clark. <laughs> I'm not avoiding you. I've been very busy, and I, I like you. I, I really do. Then prove it. Lois is doing an interview with Superman about his peace mission. Yes, I know. I'm sure it'll be a great story. I'll just invite them both to my hotel suite and we'll have high tea. It's very chic. Gee, I don't think... Come early. The view is so romantic from my balcony. Paul comes over to have another joke at Clark's expense. He tests the largest barbell. It won't budge. Then taps Clark. (laughs) Could you hand me those weights, Clark? Distracted, Clark easily tosses the heavy weight into Paul, who flips over backwards with it, crashing into the floor, pinning Paul beneath it. No, not those. The other one. No pain, no gain. Cut to interior Metropolis Metropolis Tower day. Lex is, I'm really not sure. There's no explanation for what Lex is doing here. He's dancing with the woman dressed up like Marie Antoinette. I'm not even sure Gene Hackman knew what was going on here. (sighs) Suddenly, a soaring sound flashes past the building. Did you hear that? You're spooking me out, Uncle Lex. I keep forgetting Frank's there, and then his voice comes back. It's wonderful. <laughs> there! Lenny literally jumps behind Lex. They squint and shade their eyes from the reveal of Nuclear Man. I'm incredible. Uncle Lex, he's like... He's beautiful. Perfect. Welcome home, Nuclear Man. Your father's happy to see you. There's a lot of daddy issues in this. Nuclear. <laughs> Lex approaches Nuclear Man and lights his cigar from off the knockoff wrestler's fingertips. The power of the sun has given him internally generated heat. Again, I'm a genius. You are nothing. Okay. I am the father now. Oh, you have my voice. Oh, you have my voice. It's weird. Just remember, I made you. Yeah, you're just an experiment, Freako. <laughs> His eyes flick over to Lenny, seeing him almost for the first time. He slowly raises his hand towards him and sends him spinning. Oh, no. I am an experiment. I am Frico. I I, I was just kidding about that Frico line. If anybody's a Frico around here, it's got to be me. Have you seen how I dress? Oh, hello. I'm breakdancing. Hey, this rocks. Why is it funnier that he's on a phone? I don't know why it makes it funnier, but it's like a hundred times funnier that he's calling in as John Cryer. I made you, Nuclear Man, and I can destroy you. Destroy? Destroy Superman now. I just want to say, I didn't take the lines from the movie. That's actually Jason Spencer doing a pretty damn well spot on Nuclear Man. You remembered, you sweet thing, but not quite yet. No, come here, and we'll discuss when the proper time is. Nuclear Man has stopped in mid-step. He has stepped out of the shaft of sunlight and into the shade. He's still immobile. Lex and Lenny move back to him. Lex reaches out and touches him. 
He's like, he's like cold. Well, almost went into Ernest goes to camp. Why? Well, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. That's his one vulnerability. That's the only way he can be stopped. What? Lenny, my loudmouth nephew, he gets his energy from the sun. Without it, he's like you at night. Useless. Ooh. Cut to interior. The Warfield Suite, day. A table for four has been prepared by the window. Lois checks herself in the mirror. Lacey hurries out, of, out from her room. She's poured into a sexy dress. I've never had a double date before. Mm. Can you tell? This is fun. How do I look? Illegal. Just like you looked in the six other dresses you tried on. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Believe me, I don't want to burst your bubble, Lacey, but Clark's not going to notice what you're wearing. The doorbell rings. Clark! Oh, but maybe it's Superman. Lois slides open the balcony door. Superman likes to make a different kind of entrance. Lacey answers the door to find Clark. Hi, Clark. Uh, hello, Lacey. Can anybody break a 20? The cabbie didn't have any change. Uh, let me get my purse. Oh, hi, Clark. You're not going to believe the list of questions Mr. Warfield gave me to ask Superman. Look. She hands a typed piece of paper to Clark. Are you or are you not part of a plot to weaken our national defense? It's her father's gray matter that's weakened, if you ask me. How can I ask Superman such a dumb question? Hmm. Politely? I've got $18 in my American Express card. Sorry, Kim, that's you. Wrong color. Oh, you see, just confused me. Sorry. I'm just looking for a profile. Listen, Clark, she really likes you to know. She, now you fucked me up. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Look, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> Listen, Clark, she really likes you, so notice her dress. Um, hey, need dress. I'll be right back. He leaves and the doors closed. Sound whoosh. <laughs> whoosh. 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 Can you do that again? I guess it's going to be another reading on that. He leaves and the doors closed. Whoosh. A beat and Lacey reopens the door. A flash of Superman's red and blue turns the corner. What's that? Idiot. What do you think it is? <laughs> our other dinner guest. Superman walks in from the balcony. Hi, Lois. It's been a long time. Since a rock and roll. <laughs> Too long, Superman. <laughs> I'm meet Lacey Warfield, the boss's daughter. Very nice to meet you. That's a lovely dress you're wearing. Well, I think I can start the interview without Clark. To his company. I better fetch Clark, because it's my line. He's probably helping the cabbie change a flat tire or some other good deed. (laughs) Superman reacts as Lacey runs out. He's got to cover. Lois takes Superman's arm. We'll be more comfortable in here. Something smells wonderful. Just a little duck and scallops and champagne sauce in case we got hungry later. Superman looks into the kitchen through the oven where the dish is cooking. Using his x-ray vision, we see the food glow for a few seconds. He's cooking it quickly. It's his only chance to get Lois out of the room. I hope it wasn't too much trouble. Of course not. Right. The interview. 
Have you had any trouble confiscating the missiles? Well, Lois, there's always a chance that a few warped individuals who would take advantage of the good, world's goodwill. The two begin sniffing in the air. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Dinner. Don't budge. I'll be right back. She runs out of the room. Superman smiles and dashes out. Interior, lobby, the elevator, day. It's a lot of places. <laughs> Lacey steps off to the lobby. <laughs> a lot going on here. Yeah. A lot going Look, on. there's a lot. <laughs> Lacey steps off into the lobby, looking for Clark, who waltzes through the main entrance, adjusting his tie as if it was just put on. Was. Clark waves and hurries to her. Lacey's eyes sparkle at Clark, just as just like Lois is at Superman. I missed you. Let me do that again. I missed you. It wasn't any fun up there with just Lois and Superman. They're so boring. Let's go do something wild. But they're expecting us. It, it wouldn't be polite. How can one man be so square and so delicious? <laughs> Very well. We'll go back up and make chit-chat. But if I have to face Superman, so do you. The elevator's doors open. The bellboy, bellboy holds a dolly laden with baggage. Sorry, the elevator doors open. The bellboy holds a dolly laden with baggage. Lacey steps onto the elevator while Clark hitches a ride on the dolly. Oh my! Clark! <laughs> the elevator doors shut. Clark wins this round. Interior, War Warfield Suite. Lewis is coming out of the kitchen with an apron on. It's funny. I've, I've never had Duck turn out so perfect. Superman. Superman? Out in the balcony. She stands with Superman overlooking the city. Lois cherishes a silent moment with him. The city looks beautiful, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Very beautiful. Our whole world is beautiful. Oh, that text makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I, I think beauty is meant to be shared with someone you love. She bites her lip as if to make sure she's not moving too fast. Then the doorbell rings. Lois dies. They're back. Lois unhappily goes back inside and opens the door to find Lacey alone. Where's Clark? Why am I ringing the doorbell in my own hotel suite? He was getting on <laughs> and then this man with luggage and oh, it's a long story. It always is with Clark. She closes the door behind Lacey. Ring, a beat, then the doorbell again. Lois opens it. It's Clark. Hi. Is dinner ready? I'm famished. Oh, let's sit down. Apparently they walked to the table. Lois calls out to <laughs> Because there's I didn't format that right. Look, there's a lot there's going on. a lot on going here. on here. <laughs> so I'll say, I'll just say, let's sit down, and then maybe Graham can take it from there. Let's sit down. Crash. Glass breaking. Lois turns. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Go back up to the lacy line. I screwed it up. Go to af after let's sit down. It's you. Let's sit down. Graham. Oh, is that me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. it was your line. Yeah. Yeah, I messed it up. I walk to the table. Damn. Lois calls out to the balcony. Superman? I'll go get him. Crash. Glass breaking. Lois turns. Clark has, locked, Clark has knocked several dishes on the floor and spilled wine on his trousers. Oh, gee, I'm really sorry. Oh, no mind. It's only antique Irish linen. The fuck is and that? Lois and Lacey. 
title of Robin's sex tape. <laughs> as Lois and Lacey clean up the mess, we hear another whoosh as two red boots near, near the debris. Careful. Don't cut yourself. Now the girls hear Clark's voice. I better go wash this off before the stain sets. Now we can eat. Only neither Clark nor Superman is there. <laughs> now they're both gone. This is getting ridiculous. And nobody sees it? In the kitchen, Clark is looking out the window when suddenly he sees the face of Lex Luthor on a video billboard. Some enchanted evening. You may see a stranger. Look at me. I finally made it on Broadway. Don't worry, Blue Boy. You're the only one who can hear me. It's, on my, it's my own frequency. Think of it as Lex TV. Now, look to your right, tall, dark, and handsome. I'm about to blow 20 stories off Metropolis Tower. Give or take a floor or two. The image fades and the billboard returns to flashing ads. Lois is at the table setting out the salad dishes. Superman appears. Oh. <clears throat> I'm terribly sorry, Lois, but an emergency has arisen. Please apologize to your guests. Good night. Wait, tell me. I'll cover it. Cut to exterior, Metropolis Tower, day. Superman circles the building cautiously before landing on the observation deck and entering Luther's lair. Guess who? It's your old friend, Lex. Luthor, I suspect if you had actually planted a bomb, you'd be miles away from here by now. Silly me. How do I ever think I can fool the super guy? You're right. No bomb. I just knew you were too busy with world peace bit and to make a social call. I, I'm going to do that line again because I <laughs> screwed it up. <laughs> Silly me. How do I ever think I could fool the super guy? You're right. No bomb. I just knew you were too busy with the world peace bit to make a social call. I confess. I tricked you. Hey, you look great. This is my nephew, Lenny. He worships me. The dude of steel. Boy, are you going to get it. It's so funny he's on a phone. It is funny. It's hilarious. Look, there's a lot going on. <laughs> if you have any social skills, you've learned them from a rattlesnake. Never mind the small talk. Just what are you up to? You know something? You are a workaholic. A good guy, 24 hours a day. You should stop and smell the roses sometime. Take up a hobby. Get a pet, a kitten, or a puppy. It's common knowledge you hate children and animals. Why are you back in Metropolis? Why? Because I want to be the first one to introduce you to a new kid on the block. A blinding light begins to descend from the sky, floating over the top of the skyscraper. Superman turns to look as, landing on the deck, comes the impossible vision of the nuclear man. Look closely at his cell structure. See anything familiar? Okay, we can add that in later. It's your line. Okay. <clears throat> look, there's a lot going on. <laughs> You've broken all the laws of man, Luthor. And now, you've broken the laws of nature. I assume you must have hidden a device in one of the missiles I hurled into the sun. You know, Mr. Muscle, I'll really miss these chats we've had together. Now that Einstein is dead, you're the only one who could keep up, could, uh, yeah, keep up with me. Blaney! <laughs> Luthor Jr. runs out onto the balcony carrying two glasses. Let's share a toast to you. A nice guy who's about to finish last. Destroy Superman. He's he's anxious to start. Can you blame him? He's not one of our great thinkers, but I, in all modesty, am. The really touching thing about this plan is that you helped me devise it. 
Your time in prison has twisted you into a delusionary state, Luthor. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. I escaped with only one thing on my mind, the end of Superman. There I was, just dying, so to speak, to kill you, and that's all. For the first time in my life, I had no long-range, truly devious criminal scheme. I suppose I thought with you gone, I could pull off anything. I'm not going anywhere. I'll ignore that. And then it came to me, my greatest ever plan. That's a weird way of saying it. My greatest ever plan? Greatest plan ever? The best plan. I have all the best words. The best plans. <laughs> I'll allow it, Luther. Uh, I'm not there yet. I made, <laughs> I made a deal with some of the minor league bad boys. Arms dealers, renegades, generals. You know the type. With you gone, we'll make a fortune rearming the world. You'd risk worldwide. <laughs> You'd risk worldwide nuclear war for your own personal financial gains. Nobody wants war, Superman. I just want to keep the threat alive. A mine is a terrible thing to waste, Lex Luthor, and you've wasted yours on this foul monstrosity. Mm. I'm taking you in. Good night, sweet prince. Parting is inevitable. Destroy Superman. First, I have fun. <laughs> what what happened? I, I fell asleep. Oh, yeah. Uh, nuclear Man versus Superman round one. Uh, it's okay, I guess. Uh, keep in mind there's about 45 minutes worth of deleted scenes from this movie, some of which involve an early prototype of Nuclear Man that Superman dispatches pretty quickly. It's basically bizarro, but for whatever reason they wanted to, they went with uh, calling him Nuclear Man. Uh, but uh, there's also this cool deleted scene where Nuclear Man stars starts a tornado and Superman saves a little girl from it, played by Christopher, Christopher Reeves' daughter. Aww. Anyway, where were we? Oh, God, yeah, yeah, that's right, the Great Wall. So Nuclear Man terrorizes some tourists and destroys part of the wall. Superman rebuilds it. You, now with super speed, mind you, but with yet again some weird vision power. He also lowers some tourists with telekinesis. You can tell they used up 98% of the budget by this point anyway. The fact, the fight continues at the Statue of Liberty. Nuclear Man scratches Superman and his cape tears off and falls to the ground. The fight is over for now. Cut to interior, Daily Planet, day. Warfield is showing Lacey her, her new office. I said, you'll get to run one of our papers yourself, and I meant it. Well done. That's very thoughtful, Daddy. <laughs> now Lois barges in between. She notices Superman's crumpled cloak and a heap on the desk. She's holding tomorrow's front page that reads Superman dead. This time you've both gone too far. From now on, you can print your rag without Lois Lane, and you're sure as hell have no right to this. She storms away carrying Superman's cape. Lacey starts to go after Lois. Darling, it's good riddance. Let her go. And while you're at it, fire that Clark Kent. He hasn't been here in days. I know. He hasn't even called me. I'm sorry. I'm worried about him. Didn't we have a little talk about personal involvement with the help? I think the, you're the publisher. I mean, I picked the wrong time to open a drink. I'm sorry. Daddy? Yes. <laughs> darling. Stuff it. Cut to Daily Planet Bullpen Day. Lacey catches up to Lois. 
who is wrapping up Superman's cape. Lois, Lois, I'm sorry. I, I promised you I had nothing to do with that. Have you heard from Clark? No. She lowers her head, grabs the cape, and darts out of the newsroom. Cut to interior, Clark's apartment, night. Lois is trying to... Lois is trying to jimmy the lock with her credit card. That's confusing. Manages to get it. Sorry, <laughs> William. It. <laughs> <laughs> she manages to get it open and to find Clark in the dark wrapped in a blanket on the couch. Oh, uh, Lois, what are you doing here? You're ill. I knew it. It's just a pet. It's just a bad flu, really. How did you know? Like coronavirus. Mm. <laughs> it's just a pandemic. Just a dry cough. Corona 20? <laughs> you haven't been at work. You didn't call the office. Oh, wait, I have one. I have one. COVID-1987. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been at work. You didn't call the office. You didn't even call me. How could you not call me back? Whatever it is, I'm sure you've got your reasons, but I knew you were here somehow. Something pulled me here. I've always known when Superman is in trouble. Superman? Has something happened to him? Everyone's saying he's dead, but I, I know that isn't true. I feel it in my heart. I, I think he just needs help. Oh, wherever he is, Lois, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'll manage. But if he wasn't able to manage, if, if he really was in trouble, then I'd want to tell him some things. I'd, I'd want to tell him that I cherish the time we spent together. And I never expected anything from him, even if I only saw him for a few moments, it made me happy. And I'd want to tell him that I love him and that I'll always love him. And no matter what happens in this world, I know he tried his best to help us. I know he'd thank you, Lois. Listen, I'm pretty tired, you know? So... I think I'll just rest here for a while, okay? I'll be fine. It's okay. Please? I hope you feel better, Clark. If you do see him or hear from him, he might need this. She hands him the cape wrapped in a brown paper bag. He might need that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. This? That, one's that, on. runs off. that one's on me. <laughs> Look, there was a lot Clark going was... on. It <laughs> <laughs> goes to the package and opens it carefully, deliberately. The unmistakable red of Superman's cape spills out. Cut to Metropolis Tower, Lex's lair, day. A mountain of cash and figures beyond the wildest imagination piled neatly on the table inside. A Lex, uh, Lex Luthor sits across from Howler, Du Bois, and Romov. Waiting politely as they huddle, finally, the three villains turn to Lex. Lex, we all appreciate how you've supported us lately, and uh, in recognition of your hard work, we, we've decided to increase your commission to 12%. Gee, guys, 12%? That's, that's swell of you. But um, I've got another idea. He snaps his fingers. Walking into the room, the nuclear man... Waves of heat shimmer around his menacing body. Lex stands. His words sound like commands. He moves to the pile of money and fondles it. Gentlemen, I've decided to assume full control of all your operations. As my first official act, you're fired! <laughs> and according to my calculations, your share of the profits come to 
Being carried to two in round numbers. Uh, nada. Zero. Zip. You're mad. <laughs> Nuclear man roars. Romoff cowers and runs out. The others quickly follow. Dang, can I get that? Can you take it from that again? I just, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm actually a little upset that you didn't say you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> you're fired. Oh. No, I'm kidding. Well, I heard Frank sigh from the woods on a phone. <laughs> like, that's how bad. I heard of all of us on high-speed internet. That's the sound I heard. Look, uh, Romoff, if you need a reference while you're looking for work, forget it! It's a nice bit, Nuclear Man. Nuclear man. I'm going to start that again. It's a nice bit, Nuclear Man. You're good. By brain power and your will, frankly, Braun, the possibilities are staggering. I could be emperor, king. Did you see how scared those guys were? What do you fear? That voice in the middle of the night. <laughs> Me, now, Superman dead, and you on my team, it's like... I'm the coach, and you're the best power forward ever. It's weird. Basketball? Uh, <laughs> best power forward. <laughs> yeah, I just... It, power bottom, maybe. That's where, <laughs> that, oh, that's yeah. where my mind went. Title of Robin Sex Title of Robin Sex Day. <laughs> Thank you. High five. High I'll five, Frank. Ding. Apple. Now, <laughs> Superman dead, and, and you on my team, nuclear, nuclear man. It's like I'm the coach, and you're the best power forward ever. What could I have to fear? Destiny. Cut to interior of Clark's apartment. Day. Clark, beaten and dying rapidly, pulls out oh. the Kryptonian crystal <laughs> from his members only vets. <laughs> the beginning from the beginning of the movie. Spit everywhere. It's a little late for the plot points at this time stamp in the film, but he remembers Jor-El's words that and that all remains of Krypton's energy lies here and can be used but once. Cut to exterior, the streets of Metropolis Day. <laughs> Nuclear man's horny, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> He's got Richard Lacey in the pages of the Daily Planet and has gone to make her his queen. <laughs> Fortunately, Superman has returned and stops him from terrorizing citizens. Where is the woman? <laughs> You'll never find her. I just, I just picture an animal. Woman, woman, woman. It's so gross. Clear man's gonna kill me too. This is bullshit. Woman. If you will not tell me, I will hurt people. Nuclear man begins setting blaze to the cars and buildings on the street. Stop! Don't do it. The people. All right, stop. <laughs> Seriously. That's enough! Acting! <laughs> Nuclear Man is off as Superman gives chase. Cut to interior Daily Planet Day. Tone down our headlines. Lacey, that's all the common man reads. I'd just like to ooh, I'd just like to have a little less sensationalism. Less sensational papers go broke. I thought <laughs> I taught you long ago the business of newspapers is business no daddy our business is journalism we can't continue to be so irresponsible or else we'll just lead everyone into a disaster it's a very prophetic film y'all don't that was supposed to be funny (laughs) don't be over dramatic young lady what kind of disaster could we uh bring about (laughs) helping electrons 
Here, uh, she like purposely like cast herself as Lacey so that you could call Dane daddy. It's so weird. It's just it's Nope, didn't think about that. I yeah. cast myself as Lacey. Because I think she's on purpose. I think you assigned the roles after you wrote it. We, yeah, we Freud did. is real. A rumble sounds and then the room shakes. Warfield and Lacey you exchange nervous looks. The nuclear man sears a hole through the concrete and stands at his full rock solid height. His eyes burning with Ooh. the with the image of Lacey. <laughs> Oh, you had to put rock solid in there. <laughs> I borrowed some stuff from the previous script. It's fine. <laughs> Where was your mind to put rock right? solid in there? <laughs> 4 a.m. It was 4 a.m. It was 4 a.m., y'all. It was the 19th <laughs> okay. viewing. It was there 4 a.m. Look, there was a lot going on. A lot. A lot going on. And all right, this is where it gets weird. Honestly, superhero <laughs> films don't for good line reads. What you want is something dialogue heavy, like you've got mail or my dinner with Andre, like we were talking about earlier. Call that. But I'll do my best. Nuclear Man takes Lacey into outer space. Yes, you read that right. He flies her out of Earth's atmosphere and into space with no protection, and she doesn't die. I mean, I know it's the 80s, but we can only excuse so much. Honestly, there's some good subplot here that got left on the cutting room floor where Nuclear Man decides to destroy the world and the U.S. and Russia nearly launch nukes to take him down but superman intervenes there's also more scenes with lacy lex and lenny there's a fight on the moon where superman stands <laughs> stands the american flag again which is really one of the coolest scenes in all four movies then superman moves to the moon to cause an eclipse to render super to render nuclear man powerless no. i can't do that's right i moved to justice the moon. so please enjoy this wwe <laughs> commentary Back to the B plot. Cut to interior, Daily Planet, lobby, day. Jimmy, Lois, and Perry White observe as workers take down the Warfield name from the Daily Planet globe. Are you sure you know what you're doing, Mr. White? Here comes Mr. Warfield. You better have a damn good explanation, <laughs> or else you'll be talking to your lawyers from jail. You dirty rat. <laughs> you know. I'm not a tycoon. I'm just an old reporter. But I've read enough in my own newspaper about hostile takeovers at big companies, and you, Mr. Warfield, must have been asleep at the wheel. Because I've convinced the bankers of this city that our daily planet should be treated like a national resource, protected from predators. I convinced them to lend me the money. I bought the outstanding shares, and you, Mr. Warfield, are now a minority shareholder. Let's get back to work, everyone. Way to tell them, Chief. What a scoop. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Mr. Warfield. You win some and you lose some. Now, this is what I call a newspaper. <laughs> Jimmy what slams you, a stack of headlines into Warfield's chest. 
with the headline, We're Back. Compliments of the Daily Planet. Have a nice day. We did it. You didn't do anything, Lois. Where have you been for 90% of this film anyway? <laughs> Cut to exterior unit, UN building day. Lois and Jimmy are assembled in a crowd below a podium waiting for a press conference to begin. Clark joins them. Hi, am I late? It must have been some effort for you to drag yourself out of bed. Uh, I'm feeling a lot better. I had a visit from a good nurse. It must have been good medicine because she said you were really ill. Sometimes all you need is loving attention from the right person. They totally did it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, Graham wins best line read of the night. <laughs> Shut it down. Oh, I'm glad you're back, Clark. <laughs> and remember, I am covering Superman's I'm glad you're front, too, eh? <laughs> just keep reactions from the crowd reactions from the crowd got it guess i need a tape recorder huh be right back <laughs> same old mr kent he'll never change as soon as clark dashes off screen he flies into frame as superman taking his place at the podium how are you doing superman <laughs> jimmy lois it's good to see you again it's good to see you too ladies and gentlemen once more, we've survived the threat of war and also the script and found a fragile piece. That's fair. I'll allow that. That's fair. <laughs> I thought I could give you freedom for more and a fun night with me. <laughs> I was wrong. It's not mine to give. We're still a young planet. There are galaxies out there, other civilizations for us to meet, to learn from. What a brilliant future we could have. And there will be peace. There, there will be peace when the people of the world want it so badly, their governments will have to give it to them. I wish you could see the Earth the way that I see it, like how I left Lacey in orbit. Because when you really look at it, it's just one world. Beautiful speech, but 33 years later, we're no better off. Well, that <laughs> got dark. Anyway, let's check in on what happened with the Luthers. <laughs> Exterior, Metropolis Highway, day. Lex and Lenny speed along, out of town, and away from Superman. You think he'll find us? Never. We'll lay low for a while, a couple of years. I'll come up with a new plan. Good thing I brought my drums. A beat, not literally, but suddenly the convertible lifts, begins lifting upward. Lenny leans out and looks down. Uncle Lex, you're not going to believe this. Superman. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to exterior Metropolis Catholic School Day. Superman lands carrying Lenny, delivering him to a priest. Morning, Father. This kid's been under a bad influence. Can you help? Every boy can be helped. Ooh. I think you're right. Good luck, son. <laughs> Yeah, we're just going to breeze right past this and over to the next debate. <laughs> Exterior prison quarry day. Superman drops Lex right back where he found him. Hey, Mozart's back. All right, take him away. Thanks, Superman. Come along, Luther. Just 
one thing. How did you beat him? High school physics. I had time to figure out that if it was born from the sun, that had to be its energy. Is the world going to be vaporized? No, Luthor. It's as it always was, on the brink, with good fighting evil. See you in 20. Superman flies off into space. There's an alternate ending where he flies Jeremy into outer space with him, presumably killing him just like Lacey, because what, what happened to her? We never see her again. Regardless, Jeremy tells Superman he can see the oceans and the storms, but no borders, and can't tell where one country begins or ends. Good. If you can see it, and I can see it, maybe someday everyone will see it. Anyway, it's kind of a sweet ending, minus the whole no oxygen freeze to death thing. Take out the end. If I could change, if I could change, if I could change. <laughs> if I could change. <laughs> <laughs>